0: Welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are on episode 9 and we are going to be delving into the amazing and beautiful Costa Rica. This country, like, it's like a leader at the forefront of sustainable practices. It is absolutely phenomenal in how it manages its biodiversity within country and how they live amidst nature. They have a saying called Pura Vida, pure life, and even the locals say this to each other and they just have such a harmonious lifestyle with nature and they respect nature and they know how important it is. So that's just a little uh, intro to Costa Rica and we'll also look at some of the locations that i visited, the adventures. Um, I mentioned last week that I had been in a camper van from Nicaragua. So this is how I entered into Costa Rica. So I'll tell you a bit about that and sleeping in random jungles, quite fun. And of course, the biodiversity, we will put some emphasis on that for sure. One thing I would like to say before I start. Um, because this morning I woke up and I had a ping on my Patreon app and a new Patreon has joined, Alicia. So I just want to say thank, thank you for joining and your contribution is so valued. So thank you, welcome and let's get going on our adventure. So Costa Rica was somewhere I had dreamed about for a long time. I had heard so much about it. It actually covers... 6% of biodiversity globally and you can imagine it is a small country when you think about like how much biodiversity it houses and I regularly actually practice yoga and one of the girls uh, boho beautiful if any of you practice yoga she's amazing she goes around the world and films in these exotic locations well in the snow as well And I remember doing her yoga practices in Costa Rica and I was like oh my god like this place I have to go there. Tropical rainforests, mangroves, you know they've the Pacific Ocean, they've the Caribbean Ocean, they've lowlands, highlands, um, different types of forests. Just it's just so so exotic and rich and when you go there There is an endless supply of beauty and you will be just mesmerized by the flora and fauna that you'll find when you're walking the trails, along the beaches, in the forests. It's just amazing. And they receive so many tourists annually. So many. Predominantly from the US and Canada. Like it's quite close and i'd say for them it's kind of like when they go south like it's like the predominant place that shows up as being you know tourist friendly um and before i had left for my trip i knew i was like costa rica is like number one spot i have to get to and the funny thing was was it was the country i spent the least time in would you believe and it was like the place i wanted to spend most because I was just... When I had read so much about the biodiversity... National parks... Forest reserves... You know... Biological reserves... And... It is like a global model for conservation... It's renowned... And they have loads of little wildlife sanctuaries as well... So I had been looking at away And all these websites for... Uh, volunteer work... And surprisingly... I wasn't really getting any responses... I was like... What's going on? Like I'm literally offering my time... And... I'm like willing to work, you know, work for free. I don't mind. Like I want to help, I want to help the species. I want to learn, I want to give back to the local people. But I wasn't getting any responses. But anyways, it actually suited me because I ended up going down with the girls in the camper van as I said last week who I met in Nicaragua, who came from Alaska, amazingly. Um and it was perfect, you know. We got to the border crossing And I guess one of the first things I noticed about Costa Rica was the price of everything. And this might also have had to do with the short time frame there. Because Nicaragua, like you pay $1, $2 for your accommodation. You get into Costa Rica and you're going like $20. And that's like a hostel bed. So it's not ideal if you're a backpacker and you want to go long run, you know, backpacking. Because your money just flies out the door. Like $20, like, yeah, you just literally, you're gonna end up with nothing. And then, like, you know, entrances into the park, they might be $20 as well or more. So I said that, like, a lot of the tourism is heavily based from the US and Canada. And obviously, these are built up countries, so they have money. And that means Costa Rica has high prices. So that was one of the other things I noticed. It was very Americanized. And for me, like uh, you know, from my previous podcast, like I'm a person that would go straight into the countryside. I do not want to be near anything that is westernized. I want to get to know the locals. I didn't like that so much, but I must say their biodiversity is astounding, and it is one hundred percent worth a visit. And actually, maybe a decade ago or so, they they won the happiness index globally for being the happiest nation, so. I understand why there's so many expats there because they might want to get out of the US or wherever and they go down there and they build up these sustainable communities like there's so many people they build up like these communities where they all live together like expats and then they live off the ground they they have clean energy they have everything sustainable within their community it's actually it's so admirable and it's absolutely fascinating that they just live off-grid they've everything supplied to them all they're on fruit and veg and you can imagine the fruit in Costa Rica like it's amazing it's delicious and divine and when you look at it on the map and you see its location like it's at a prime location for richness in biodiversity because it's it's like between South America and North America it's like between the two continents and I guess over the millennia there's been species and plants that have been able to come up and down between the land masses which has created a really rich environment and as well I suppose the location between the Pacific coast and the Caribbean coast and then all the mountains which give rise to like microclimates and yeah it's just it's a country if you're well I presume if you're listening to this podcast you love nature. If you really appreciate nature this is a hot spot for nature enthusiasts. So first off we visited the Monteverde cloud forest and this is kind of at the northern part of the country and as I said we had taken the camper van from Nicaragua it was a long journey that day and we actually stayed in like a, a kind of a jungle the first day we arrived in because we were traveling the whole day we got to the border in the evening and we just decided we'd, we'd camp in the jungle for the night uh, before visiting like a tourist attraction the next day so we arrived at Monte Verde and it, it was so strange because you'd go from like backpacking relaxed maybe like with all the locals into these like major tourist attractions and it's like oh there's people that are kind of like me like it was It was almost like a cultural shock every time for me because I'd go into really remote places and and become like the locals and then I'd go back in and and realise the Western culture was right in front of my face. And it was a bit strange sometimes because it was like my identity. I was questioning my identity. I was like, oh, like I feel really different to these people now. Um, And I lived cheaply. Like, you know, I saw these people come in with lots of money and I saw this as well on my trip around the Galapagos you know I did it by myself I paid for boats around the islands and then you have people coming in paying thousands on cruises and you know it's just it's fascinating to see how people travel because somebody could spend like oh my god they could spend like you know 10 grand or something in, in a couple of weeks whereas like that would last me you know year (laughs) it's just it's just amazing because you can travel the way you want to travel you know um and I prefer it this way I prefer knowing the locals and it's just beautiful to be immersed in the culture anyways into the cloud forest we go the cloud forest is super super unique because it's actually like you're walking through the sky yeah imagine that kind of funny it's called a cloud forest because basically the clouds are so low hanging. So when you're walking through these lush trees, the canopy layer, um, the clouds are so low that they provide so much moisture into the trees and into the lower lying plants that it's just it's very wet basically. And yeah, it's just amazing when you're walking through it and you breathe it all in. It's like, wow, I'm really breathing in a biome and... the natural world it's very powerful and very very unique so it gives rise to beautiful species and actually they have seven cat species there but i didn't actually see them i think because you know i went to a place which is like a tourist attraction so you know where there's trails made out and lots of people during the daytime and buses Perhaps, you know, these, these species like, like cats especially. We all know what cats are like. They really like to be relaxed and in their own place and not be disturbed. So that's probably why. But yeah, they ha- also have loads of butterflies and birds. Oh my God, so many bird species, toucans. And just beautiful. So as I said, there's loads of reserves in Costa Rica. Um, There's two other reserves within that. And there was one called Bosque Terno the Los Niños I think and it was like basically the eternal forest of the children and you could actually go and you could stay the night there amidst the beautiful wildlife and what you pay is what you're giving back into the environment so they actually use the money back into the conservation programs that they run there which is amazing. Um, so I would definitely advise that if you go on m- travel in the future or you're thinking about destinations think about eco travel and this is actually what 80% of tourists do in Costa Rica it's eco travel so um, that's kind of initially why I wanted to go to Costa Rica because I didn't want to just travel just for travel you know I really wanted to give back to the environment and the, the planet really you know so after Monteverde We headed for a place called Golfito. And to be honest, we just took it day by day in the van because we didn't know how far we would get in the day regarding mileage, traffic jams, all that. So we would kind of like have places in our head that we might stop at, but then again, we really didn't know. So we found this place called Golfito. It's like actually a refuge as well for wildlife and the forestry there, very lush jungle. And I remember we parked up in this kind of old aeroplane kind of hangar area. And we were kind of like, oh, will we just stay here for the night? And, you know, yeah, it really brings back memories to me of like, you know, not having access to toilets, not having access to showers you know, cooking food or having food made, like no, no kitchen kind of utensils. Um, I mean on my trip, and I'll say this again as a tip, like I brought around my own utensils and my own bottle and my own flask, like I always had them with me on my trip. And the girls in the camper van did have um, like cooking equipment, that was really good. Um, so I could heat up my coffee in the morning, which was great because that is kind of one thing that I really needed on the trip was in the mornings just that kind of warm cup of something you know just to get you going um because I said before like your sleep is really disturbed like some people like some people said to me oh my god Kate like I did couch surfing for two weeks and I'm wrecked (laughs) and I'd be like oh try that for over a year and a bit like my god but um I'm very resilient like but now now I'm like I'm like a baby going to bed, you know? I work like a clockwork. I'm like a bird now, you know, outside. So I wake when the birds are up. I go down when the birds are up. Well, not, not really like, but do you know, it's so important to uh, have your circadian rhythm in check. So it's amazing actually when you understand how your bodily clock works with the sun. And yeah, I think for years I probably did abandon that. And, you know, when you're young as well, you just don't really care. You stay up after hours. And a lot of Latin America is like that as well. Like, they'll be like, oh, come out tonight. And people stay up, like, a, a lot late at night partying and that. Because as well, it's super hot in the day. But then you might have a siesta, you know. Um. But, yeah, your circadian rhythm, I'd say mine was definitely out of whack during the trip for sure. But now I'm very conscious of it. And... I try to sink in my body with nature so it allows me to be really yeah just in tune and in harmony and just very balanced you know something simple you can do like I mentioned before is grounding into the earth like when you arrive at a new time zone you can go out and you can step into the soil and try and, and attempt to sink in your body with that time zone you know Um, our bodies are very intelligent like super intelligent the amount of stuff they're doing for you right now to keep you alive is phenomenal. Billions and billions and billions of processes going on just to keep you alive and you like you're not even doing anything. You know what I mean? The body's doing it all for you. Without even your choice. It's it's incredible. Anyways, about Golfito, the refuge. So we decided we didn't really like the area where this aeroplane hangar was. It didn't seem that friendly to be honest. Like there was five of us there the couple had a tent and me and the other two girls were in the camper van. So it was kind of like a tight squeeze. Like you imagine three girls, grown adults, in a camper van at the back in, a, in like a double bed. So I used to go in the middle. I used to be like a little worm in the middle. It was so funny. Um And I'd be like to the girls, will I put my head up the bottom or the back? And then like, like 30 something degrees at night like, oh my god and then you don't want to leave the windows open because mosquitoes like eaten alive so yeah it's kind of it's tough it is tough going um but eventually we decided look, like, we won't stay here we'll go up into the reserve so we started climbing up this kind of trail in the van we didn't really know where we were going and it took us uphill for like a couple of kilometers and we eventually saw this yard that looked like it was maybe a storage for stone or quarry stones i don't know but we decided we would put up the tent there and pack up the van and it was late in the evening as well so we kind of just said let's just set up shop here so we did and there was a small little decked roof as well uh it seemed like somebody could have been living there maybe somebody without a home um but we were grand and we had a view of the whole bay Golfito bay and that night then, around 11 o'clock, we decided we'd take a trek up the rest of the trail, Um, and to be honest, I actually was a little bit fearful that night, because we were in like a refuge, and there was no houses up there, there was there was nothing, there was no lights, there was just nothing, just jungle, um, with a trail, and you could hear dogs far off, but... You know, I was never really that scared during the trip. But this night, I don't know, I had some sense of fear. Um, yeah, so we were walking around 11 o'clock. And we walked for a couple of hours up this trail. Then we passed maybe one or two houses with these big dogs. And we were just looking for all the night animals, the nocturnal animals. So we found lots of spiders, tarantulas, um, lots of yeah, lots of movement at night. And we were all kind of joking with each other, like, you know, oh my God, there's something coming, or there's a big snake, there's a big cobra. Yeah, so it was a nice night, and then we got back to the car in the early, yeah, maybe around 2 or 3 a.m., back to bed, and uh, up again the next day, for the next adventure. So the next day, we actually did another walk, where we had walked the night before, but in light hours, so we could actually see everything we saw the night before, and... We didn't even realize how beautiful it was like imagine like being up in a really high mountain but it's all jungle you know like a meandering kind of road and then like down onto the bay all these little islets kind of of jungle as well and blue blue ocean uh it's just super serene just absolutely stunning like mother nature and you just you couldn't really see any buildings either so it was pure raw untouched nature you know and, and a quarter of the landmass of costa rica is actually jungle so it's it's stunning that they have preserved that well i know some of it had been cut down but they did replant it because they know the importance of biodiversity and this, this place actually called Fito. It wouldn't really be a tourist town, to be honest. We stopped because it was ideal for the camper van and our journey. Um, But one time it was like this huge banana export town and it was booming. But apparently they, the company had relocated to Ecuador and the whole place kind of, yeah, became run down. So, yeah, that was kind of interesting to know. And you'll probably notice that as well in the supermarkets when you check the bananas, most of them do come out of, come out of Ecuador, but you might find some from Costa Rica as well. Um, because or Dominican Republic, these are some of the biggest banana producers in the world. Ecuador is actually the biggest, I'm pretty sure. That was funny actually on my trip. I used to eat like so many bananas like every day, and at one point, um, I'll probably discuss it in another episode. But I worked in a farm in Colombia, and we used to eat like. Bananas at breakfast, lunch, dinner, and like literally be eating five or six bananas a day. But all different types. Like you have savoury, where you'd have salt on it and you'd fry them in oil. And then you have other ones that are sweet, you know. But absolutely delicious. Oh, the savoury ones are called patagones. So anybody who is uh, speaking Espanol, you know what I'm talking about. The patagones, oh my god, they're amazing. Amazing, amazing. It's so delicious. So after Golfito, we stayed in a town called Jaco in like you can imagine when we were going in the van we were keep we kept going down south so yeah it was more south again on the coast and it's quite a famous surfer town village town town I suppose you could call it one big main strand and then yeah like all these surfer vibe kind of hostels and that and we had kind of slept poorly the night before because the cover, like the canopy cover in the forest actually keeps it really like moist and hot. So we were all kind of like sweating in the vans. So I just said to the girls, look, stay in the van tonight. The gang the gang will be inside in the, the tent, the couple, and they kind of packed up on the beach. And then I called into a local hostel and I just said, look, how much is it for a night? And it was actually about 20 bucks. So it's, it's steep, like, you know? And I was like, oh, 20, right and uh I kind of went ahead with it well I did actually ask the guy I was like oh could you do 15 because I checked in there like close to I'm sure it was actually close to 11 p.m at night and I was only going to be there like literally a few hours and the guy was nice I'm sure he did it for me after for 15 um but anyways I went into the dorm room I met these other girls from the US two girls and it was also another guy and his mom from the US. And yeah, it was kind of strange for me because it was like going from like this kind of fantasy world into reality or I don't know how to explain it. Like I'd go back and I'd meet people that were living in the real world, you know. And they, they. I remember that night I went down to the hostel bar. It wasn't really a hostel. It was kind of very modern and actually very beautiful but like they were like oh what you want to drink what you want to this and I just said oh just some kind of juice I can't remember and they were like oh what are you doing here how long are you doing and everybody at the bar was like literally having their two week holiday for their annual leave and I was just like oh yeah I've just been on the road there for like eight months (laughs) or six or seven I can't remember now and they were just like what and then after I was like Kate remember you're not meant to tell people you know i just kind of i was so tired that i just kind of blurted it out and i remember at the time like i would always tell myself you're not meant to tell them the truth you know but they seemed like you know i met some girls from colorado they were so lovely and i just thought you know they're not gonna rob me so like because you know if if somebody hears you're traveling eight months they're gonna be like oh god she's got plenty of money like definitely let's rob her um But yeah, I just kind of forgot that night and I was just relaxed. So I set it out and they were like, they couldn't believe it. Like everybody at the bar was questioning me. They were like, where did you come from? Do you just walk in off the side of the road? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, kind of off a van there. Um, But they couldn't believe my story that I had come all the way down Central America. My passport was robbed and all the different things that had happened to me. And oh my God, guys, the weirdest thing that night... Like this is kind of a scary story, but I'm going to be honest and I'll just tell you about it. In the dorm room, I used to put up kind of like, I had like a sarong, but I also used to use it as kind of like a cave kind of thing, you know, where I'd sleep in my bed, but I'd put it up on the side rail. And that's a great tip for any of you who are in dorm rooms, always do that. Just keep yourself private and like, you know, sometimes things in dorms go on that you don't want to see. So it's just nice and you don't have anybody you know looking in on top yeah so i did that anyway i had my i had my um sarong up on the bed and i had a, a sheet up or whatever just to keep it private and do my journaling and all that bits but there was a guy in the dorm and like it actually turned out that he was very dangerous um he had things in the dorm room that you wouldn't want sleeping next to and i could hear him talking to his mom like and he was going out that night into the town, and you know as well as like an Irish-American connection, so like anytime I'd meet gang from the US, they'd be so lovely to me and so curious, and they'd be like, my mom's from there, my sister, and do you know, I actually got talking to them in the evening, and then I was like, hmm, something didn't feel right, you know, I was like, something is off here, like the guy was very unsteady, very agitated, and I was just observing him, like he didn't seem well like mentally well you know um so i just thought okay look maybe he's just you know a bit off form but then after he kind of started saying stuff his mom like you know I, I told you not to talk to that girl and why are you still talking to her Cause she was mad talking to me like she was just She was telling me all about costa rica and but then she started telling me loads of these stories about her son and like how he had just come out of jail and and his kids had been taken away and all of these crazy stories and I was just like oh right yeah 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 and what are you doing here and I should maybe I shouldn't have asked because like the stuff she was telling me I was like oh god uh right uh I think I need to leave this dorm um but anyway the guy came in and he was like ma'am did you take your pills did you take your pills get into bed and stop talking to the girl so that night actually that guy ended up going out And he returned in the morning into the dorm room at like 6am and immediately I woke, like I was literally on alert. And the way he was talking in the room, I got really, really frightened. Like he came in and he sounded like very paranoid. He was like, where is it? Where's my package? The package is gone. Where is it? Where's all the money gone? Where's all the money? And like I was inside in my bed. Luckily I had my my kind of cave built and I was like, oh my God, like what is going on? Obviously he'd been drunk or after something he was looking for papers. He was looking for money that had gone missing. And then he mentioned a gun. And I was like, oh my God, like, oh my God. Like my heart was pounding. I was kind of thinking, okay, like I need to get out of here. Like I've heard the word gun. I can't be here, no way. So I kind of started to move a little bit in my bed and I was just like, okay, just trust, just trust. Um, so he was kind of a bit hysterical going around the room for a bit, checking lockers and obviously I had a locker as well I was like oh my god and then he was like oh that girl I, I that girl I wondered that girl you shouldn't have been talking to her you shouldn't have been talking to her and then I was like oh my god like what the oh my god and I knew there was two other girls in the room as well and I was like they must be awake like they can't be asleep listening to this um, because you know even you'd feel it in your body like I'm very alert When when I'm asleep like I'm asleep but I'm alert to my surroundings for protection I guess it's just animal instinct and knowing that I've always had to be like this um and yeah I was just like oh god I need to get out so eventually after a while I don't know how long it was maybe 30 minutes he was going around and he eventually I eventually heard some somebody hit the bed I was like oh he's after going into a bed and I kind of like a, like a little mouse I just literally got out of the bed I didn't grab any of my stuff I left everything there took my sarong, wrapped it around me and I literally ran downstairs and I ran out onto the beach where the guys were camping and I was like, oh my God, like you won't believe it. And the weirdest thing was, was the night before when I checked into that hostel, the guy who owned it told me there was somebody got murdered on the beach or something or somebody went missing or they were, I can't remember now, but something had happened revolving a murder or somebody getting taken away, and that's why he told me that night, Don't sleep on the beach because it's really dangerous. and I remember telling the gang in the camper van, and they were like, Oh, it'll be fine, but yes, yeah, so it was all a bit weird to be honest. <laughs> but look, these things happen, you know. And I went out into the guys on the beach, and I was like, I'm staying out here, I'm not going back in, but anyway, I kind of waited a few hours, and you can imagine I didn't really sleep that night either, so the money I paid to stay there was useless. Although I did get to use the showers and I told the guys come up as well and use the showers. So we were all grand and I used the kitchen and I made food and it was grand. But yeah, and then the next day I met the girls that were in the dorm room. I was sitting at the bar and I was like, I'm not going back up to the room until people make movements. So I met those two girls and I was like, Did you hear what happened in the morning? Like about the gun and the money and all that stuff and the girl was like, Yeah, oh my God She was like, Did you hear it as all? Well? And I was like, Yeah I was freaked out and I left the room. She's like, oh my god, me too. But then one of the other girl that was there, she's like, no, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> we were like, what? Oh my god, what were you doing? So anyway, it ended up being like that. And I spent the morning kind of in the swimming pool in this hostel and going down the slides. It was actually really fun. It was like a kid. And then we ended up for a swim in the ocean, uh, me and the, the camper van girls and guys... And then we went downtown and had a lovely breakfast. I went with the Colorado girls. They were so lovely, and we had breakfast together. And oh, I just really missed the breakfast there. You know, you have the just such fresh guacamole and beans and eggs and tomatoes, and everything is so fresh. It was so lovely, and yeah, we just had a big breakfast and we went off for the day again, um, traveling down for Panama. So yeah, the girls were lovely and I'm friends with them now on Instagram. They're such nice girls and they invited me to go skiing and it was just really nice having lived in a van for a couple of weeks to meet people again um, because you know you get used to your environments and sleeping in a van every night isn't easy. Like it might be easier if you have it to yourself or you're with one person but imagine three people in the back, no air con, roasting hot in the jungles and then like never knowing if it's safe or not like it's tough going but um it's amazing like it's amazing to wake up where you want open the door and literally look out onto huge jungle reserves and refuge and having wildlife waking up around you and hearing the birds in the morning and going exploring and yeah just serene so yeah so that's costa rica guys i bet you're dying to visit there now It's just, it's a phenomenal country. Absolutely phenomenal in terms of climate change mitigation, sustainable solutions. And like they've signed like over 45 environmental treaties globally. Like they're actually amazing. And many people just literally pack up their stuff and they go to live there. Because they're like, I want to live in a place that respects nature. Not like us in the Western world where we're just cutting up our own home which is sad but look we're taking action you're listening to the podcast with me here so you're on the right track we are on the right track and um this week actually I planted well transplanted a tree an ash tree Uh, I did that yesterday with my nephew and it was absolutely lovely experience and you know I always say to people like even with pandemic anything like that You can either get overwhelmed by the complexity and sadness of the whole thing, or you can take action. You can get into action mode and you can think, wow, I could fix something here. I could solve something here. I can take a little step here and I can become creative. I can become enthusiastic about solutions. Instead of getting like down and out about, you know, the negative stuff, like you can choose where to put your energy and you can either live in fear or you live in love, and that's what I choose. I live in love. So I choose to give back to the planet. And it's such a beautiful thing, you know, because you can literally change your mind and how it's acting up um in in seconds. You can choose to go the other way, you know? And um so we planted our tree yesterday and it was so funny because it was actually a strawberry plant first. This is really funny, and we had it in a pot. And then next thing, a tree drew, grew out of it. So I was like, oh, there's a tree here. So yeah, I'm finding loads of trees around the place. Uh, I'd say the birds are doing some planting for me, uh, but then I just tried to put them into better areas so they're not growing up on top of a fence or you know something like that. So I just thought it was so lovely to do that with my nephew because children love nature and children know where they're from. They know that they're part of nature. So that's really beautiful. Um, Because at times I feel in the Western world that I could talk about nature to people and the connection and how it's essential to our survival. And sometimes people just might not get that because they're so disconnected. And as well, like over like 55% are living in urban areas. They're completely disconnected. You know, you might find a tree here and there growing out of the ground. It's not right. You know, we shouldn't be living in that much concrete and the happiest people i've met are in in amongst nature and it's truly where our essence and being is at its highest vibration and our our fullest potential and our happiness you know and actually another thing as well uh, the soil because i've been doing loads in the tunnel this week um did about 14 strawberry plants um and rhubarb did four rhubarb plants potatoes carrots onions and yes it's really exciting and actually this morning i noticed the potato leaves come up so it's like every day there's like a new gift it's so exciting so guys all i want to say to you is this year now is the perfect time like it's march now is the time to get going get like a window box or get like one plant and watch it and you can buy ones that don't even need that much care like even if you want to just get a house plant it's so easy when you just learn a couple of steps and you can become like you know semi-sustainable and that's so lovely like I think about it now and I'm like oh my god like why was I keep going to the shop buying vegetables when you can buy seeds and have hundreds of your own vegetables you know it just doesn't make sense to me now when I think back um but yeah just start small that's all I'll say don't get overwhelmed with all of it just get one house plant or get one window box um if you're in an apartment or something like that and just get that connection back with nature watch that seed flourish you know nourish it and look after it um because we have an inherent connection with nature and with the soil as well what i was going to say was that the soil actually contains bacteria that fights against depression so this bacteria in it i can't pronounce it now because it's in latin it's like micro something vitae something like this um but basically when the body is in connection with soil so your hands are in the soil you're working with soil this bacteria kind of comes off of the soil if you get me and filters through your system and yeah it actually pumps into the serotonin receptors into the brain so it actually releases out serotonin which makes you happy so yeah so this week get your hands in the soil all right you can say I told you so (laughs) um but yeah so guys I'm conscious I'm near the end um get your hands in the soil this week get a window box get a house plant and these are purchases that I do promote for the planet again I need to say a huge thank you to the Patreons um I am so so thoroughly grateful and getting the ping this morning off the app I was like, yes. I have a new a new patron it's so exciting because I feel like I'm, I'm adding to my community and like if you think about the thousands of euros that are wasted on you know tv subscriptions and other sorts of subscriptions online I don't need to go mentioning all the companies that are in the trillions um for you like that contribution to me is so so valued and you can be rest assured I'm doing something really really good with it I'm putting it into the earth and yeah this education and this podcast is all because of you so thank you and if you found this episode helpful please share it give me feedback so we're all on the right path together and yeah lads thanks again I wish you an amazing day a wonderful week and I'm just hoping for that sun to come back through the clouds Um, yeah so positive vibes to you all guys big hugs, ciao